Blog Talk Radio. Psalm 82, a psalm of Asaph. God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judgeth among the gods. How long will ye judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Selah. Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. I have said, Ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. But ye shall die like men, and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. Well, good morning, everyone that's located in the United States, those in Canada, and around the world. Where you're living in locations, where is the morning? Hope you have a nice breakfast. You break the fast of sleep, and you eat on this um, wonderful Shabbat or Sabbath day. Shalom, peace. My name is Kennard. I'm your host for the Merciful Service of God Biblical Instructional Program. Uh, Today we are going to cover a topic that many people don't seem to understand clearly, is covered in the Bible, clearly. And the topic today that we're going to discuss and hopefully reveal in a way that you'll truly understand is the gospel. What is the gospel? What is the gospel? So we're going to hopefully today, well, I already understand what the gospel is, but I'm hoping that for you, the listeners today, you get a clear teaching on this. um, You can go teach others. And so, in Matthew chapter 24, Matthew chapter 24, verse 14, Matthew chapter 24, verse 14, the following is stated. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world a witness a witness unto all nations and then shall the end come and so there is a lot in that verse and so gospel in the greek means a good message so it's a message it's a message. It means good news or a good message. And so <clears throat> when you, you t- when he talks about, like in Matthew 19, verse 23 to 24, it says that the gospel of the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God are one and the same thing. So it means first and primarily the rule of, of God or Yah in the human heart because of Messiah. It also refers to the kingdom 
in his future state during which the believers will reign with Messiah forever. So many people, when, and I've heard this many times when people think of the gospel, they think of, of the gospel being in your heart and all that and, and living the way of, of the gospel. And that's and it, it is it, the gospel certainly has something to do with that, and it certainly has something to do with imitating the Messiah in his life. But the totality of the good news, what is the good news? I think that's the that's the question. What is the good news? What what does it consist of? All right. Well, I did some research by using a concordance, a, a Bible concordance. I have. A computerized Bible concordance that you can get for free, eSword, E-Sword. If you go to that website, you should be able to download a free copy of this very good tool for Bible study. And what I did, I just simply typed in the phrase, Gospel of, and then with this helpful tool, you can just type in, Gospel of, and the search option that you can choose is um, search for all, all the, the, the entire phrase. And so that's what I did. I searched for the entire, or, or actually the exact phrase. And I came up with what the good news is about. And it is revealed, based on this search, that the gospel is about eight major things remember that the kingdom of heaven and kingdom of actually the gospel of heaven and the kingdom of heaven the same I just uh, read that to you as far as the kingdom of heaven and then the kingdom of um, God and so, because many people, they don't, they don't understand that this is really the same. We talk about the gospel of the kingdom of heaven, and then the gospel of the kingdom of God is the same thing. Matthew 19, verse 23 to 24 proves that. Let's turn there. Matthew chapter 19, verse 23 and 24. It says, Then said Yeshua unto his Talmudim, or disciples, Verily I say unto you, that a rich man shall... Hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. And again, I say unto you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of Yah. All right, so the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of Yah is talking about the same thing. And so I discovered through this search, when I just type in gospel of, that I come up with eight things that the gospel is about. And so I want you to take a, a pen. Well, actually, I can read it. I have time. Let's go over the eight things that the gospel is about. Want to know what the good news is about? Well, we're going to find out. Romans chapter 1, verse 1. Romans chapter 1, verse 1. It says, Shaul, or Paul, a servant of Yeshua Messiah, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of Yah. Okay, so the first thing, well, I put Yah the Father first because he is the most 
powerful being in the universe. So the gospel certainly first should be about the Father. It should be about the Father. Matter of fact, John chapter 17, <clears throat> scripture just popped in my mind here. Support this. John chapter 17 states that eternal life is the following. John 17, verse 3, and this is life eternal or eternal life, that they might know thee, the only true Yah. He is the only true God, the Father, and Yeshua Messiah, or Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. All right, so eternal life consists of knowing who the Father is and Messiah. Now, Christianity, they focus just on Messiah. You hardly ever hear anything about the Father. The whole focus is on the Messiah, on Jesus. But you have Jesus, or Yeshua, praying to his Father before he was murdered. And he stated that eternal life consists of knowing the Father and the Messiah. It's not just about the Messiah. That's the reason why the gospel is primarily about the Father. It's primarily about the Father, ladies and gentlemen. John 6, verse 44 states plainly, No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. In verse 45, it is written in the prophets, and they shall be all taught of Yah. Every man, therefore, that have heard and have learned of the Father comes to me. Somebody is truly called of Yah. The Father is drawing them. The Father is teaching them through the Messiah and through the Messiah's servants about who the Father really is and what he has done and what he continues to do. Yeshua understood the importance of the Father. Even when he was resurrected, he understood his place. John 20, verse 17, Yeshua said unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father. But go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my Father and your Father and to my God and your God. And so the Father is the Messiah's God, ladies and gentlemen. He is the Messiah's God, which is another Bible study. But that's a very significant statement by the Messiah. Now, I'm not saying that he's not God, because in the first chapter of John it says so. However, there is another God that's greater than him, and it is the Father, based on his own words that he said here. In John 14, verse 28, You have heard how I said unto you, I go away and come unto you, or come unto you. If you love me, you would rejoice, because I said, I go unto the Father. For my Father is greater than I. Again, repeat this two more times. My Father is greater than I. Again, my Father is greater than I. 
obviously, there's another God that's greater than the Messiah, the Word of God. That's the Father. This is a pivotal truth that I don't think is preached by many ministers today. And so I had to spend some time emphasizing it. So, Yah the Father, or Elohim the Father, is certainly the center of the whole good news. Second in, in priority is the Messiah. Romans 1, verse 6. Romans 1, verse 6. It says, Among whom are you also, among whom are ye also the called of Yeshua Messiah? Oh, that's verse 6. It's uh, verse 16 here. I'm sorry. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Messiah. The gospel of Messiah. For it is the power of Yah unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek, which is another Bible study, but the gospel certainly should be preached to Jews, and also to the Greek or to everyone else. Again, God is an equal opportunity um, he, he he gives people equal opportunity to understand him and to live like he does. The gospel is also about the circumcision and the uncircumcision. And so let's get a biblical definition of what that is in reference to the context of the gospel or the good news. Galatians, chapter 2, verse 7. But contrawise, when they saw that the gospel, the good news, or the good message of the uncircumcision was committed unto me, so in this context, the gospel of the uncircumcision is the gospel to the nations that are not a part of Israel or Gentiles as the gospel of the circumcision was unto Peter, or Kepha, verse 8, or Kepha, verse 8. For he that wrought effectively in Peter to the apostle of the circumcision, so the apostleship of the Jews, the same was mighty in me toward the Gentiles. So that's a definition of what Circumcision in this context, a biblical definition of what circumcision and uncircumcision is talking about. Uncircumcision is toward the nations or Gentiles. Circumcision is toward the Jews. So the gospel is about both the entire world reaching everyone. Now, if, if there is a message to the Jews, obviously, the gospel certainly involves Jewish thought and Jewish tradition because our Messiah is a Jew, ladies and gentlemen. Let's understand that. It's about a government or a kingdom that will be set on this earth, ladies and gentlemen. I very seldom ever hear anyone focus on that but it's a major part of what the gospel is all about, all, all, the good news. This is a simple Bible study. But people, so many people are biblically ignorant 
They're so ignorant about what the Bible's all about. Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9. You get people that twist the scriptures and talk about the gospel being taking. It's just... It's just a lot of foolishness going on right now. We have to go by what the Bible says, ladies and gentlemen. The gospel is about a literal government that's going to be set on this earth. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born, and to us a son is given. And the government, the government, the empire shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, verse 7, of the increase or the greatness of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David, he is going to get that throne of David that right now is currently in England. Queen Elizabeth is sitting on that throne. She is a part of the line of David because God said there would always be someone sitting on that throne. I'm going to do a broadcast on the throne of David because many people don't understand what the throne of David is and the significance of the throne of David and where it's located today. And upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts, will perform this. And so, about a literal government that will be set on this earth. The gospel is also about grace. Acts chapter 20, verse 24, states the following, But none of these things move me, Neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Messiah, Yeshua, to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Many people have their opinions about what grace is, but what does the Bible tell us what grace is? Let's turn to Titus. Titus chapter 2. Verse 11, for the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared unto all men. And what does the grace of God do? It teaches us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. So grace gives us the empowerment to obey, to obey the, the Torah or the instructions and doctrines of Yah. Righteously, to live righteously, Psalm 119, verse 172 tells you that living righteously has something to do with keeping the commandments of Yah. So the gospel is certainly about that. Ephesians 6, verse 15. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 15. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about... Oops, verse 15. Ephesians 6, verse 15, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And so the gospel is about peace, ladies and gentlemen, about peace, bringing to this earth peace through 
God's governments, because we certainly don't have it now, in Psalms 119, Psalms 119, beginning in verse 165, it says, does it say little peace here? It says, abundant or great peace have they which love thy Torah, instructions and doctrines, the Decalogue, the Pentateuch, and nothing shall offend them or cause them to fall. The reason why many people are falling today is because they don't love the instructions and doctrines of Yah, the entire Bible. That's why they are falling. And that's why ultimately there is no peace. There may be inner peace and some peace in the world, but the whole entire world is not at peace. And really being at peace means that you have all your needs taken care of. That you have no problems. That everything is okay. Can anyone in this world say that? Can you go out to your home and leave your door unlocked knowing 100% that no one will come in and, and take something? Can you do that to your car? No. So there is no peace ultimately around the world. There's no worldwide peace. People think that peace, oh, there's no fighting in this country uh, by a military, so that means that there is no peace. That means that there is peace, rather. Well, that's an incorrect observation. And in verse 166 of Psalm 119, Master, I have hope for thy salvation. And, And how do we hope for salvation, ladies and gentlemen? We hope for salvation by doing the commandments. And so it says, Master, I have hoped for thy salvation and done thy commandments. Obeying has something to do with salvation, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not going to lie to you about that. I don't practice intentional lying. Anyway, the Bible states plainly, Master, I have hoped for thy salvation and done thy commandments. Commandments is how you hope. That's how you hope for salvation means keeping the commandments is linked to salvation. You have biblical proof of that. Okay. The gospel is certainly about salvation. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13. In whom you also trusted after you have heard the word of truth. The word of truth is the gospel of your salvation. In whom also after that ye believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKadosh of promise. So the gospel of salvation is also the word of truth. The entire Bible is our instruction about salvation, ladies and gentlemen, salvation. And what does salvation, what does it have to do with us? Many people have their opinions, again, about what they think salvation is. And salvation has a lot to do with being able to live forever. 
and ever. In Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13, it states, But we are bound to give thanks always to Yah for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because Yah hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation. And how do we obtain salvation? Through the sanctification, the sanctification, or sanctification means purif- purification, of the spirit and belief of the truth, the word of truth. And so we will obtain salvation through being purified of the Spirit. That's why you must receive the Holy Spirit of Yah and also believe the truth. What is truth? What is the word of truth? Psalm 119 verse 142 tells you that truth is the entire instructions of Yah, which means Torah. Okay, so that's very important. For you to understand. Hebrews 5 verse 9 says the Messiah was made perfect. He became the author or the originator of eternal salvation. unto all them that obey him. That obey him. And so it's very important to understand. That we must obey him. For salvation to be a reality. I'm not preaching that keeping commandments, we earn it. None of us earn salvation. However, by keeping the commandments, we prove to God that we truly do love him. Because Messiah stated, if you love me, keep my commandments. And so that's how we prove that we love him, by keeping the commandments. Uh, If we don't keep the commandments, we certainly don't prove to him that we love him. We certainly don't prove that. So, salvation is something that none of us would even have if the Messiah did not sacrifice himself for all of mankind. In First Peter 1, verse 9, it says, Receiving the end, what is the end of our trust? The salvation of our souls. Okay? We don't have immortal souls. None of us have immortality yet. We have to put it on. First uh, Corinthians chapter 15 states the following. Enter the kingdom of, of Yah, which is a spiritual realm, because of the following verse. It says, First Corinthians 15, verse 50, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood Human beings cannot inherit the kingdom of Yah, neither does corruption inherit incorruption. And Yeshua stated plainly in John chapter 3, verse 3, Yeshua answered and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot even see the kingdom of Yah. In verse 5, it says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of spirit, that means uh, immersion, being baptized, then you receive the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of Yah. So we can't even enter the kingdom of God. Born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. In verse 7, Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. Uh, Verse 8. And he's trying to explain this, and people have a difficult time believing what he says here, but he's even given an analogy about the wind. To, to to help you to understand, we're going to be changed. 
will have spiritual bodies. Verse 8, the wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound there, but cannot tell whether it comes. And whether it goeth, so it is everyone that is born of the spirits. We're going to enter a spiritual realm, ladies and gentlemen. That's what the kingdom of God in, in its totality is about. It's about peace, not only for the earth, but the entire universe. And also being able to exist. The wonderful message of, of, of the kingdom of God, the gospel, the good news. Verse 51 of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. That last trump must be talking about the seventh trump in the book of Revelation. Because in Revelation 11, verse 15 to 18, when that seventh trump sounds, it's the time of the dead. It's the time of the dead, and it's the time of the reward of the saints. One of those rewards is immortality. Verse 53, for this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So if we already have immortal lives or souls, then why must we put on immortality? Verse 54, so when this corruptible shall put on incorruption and this mortal shall put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, that's where death lies at. Where is thy victory? Verse 56, the sting of death is sin. Of sin is the tar. And so, ladies and gentlemen, here's another scripture that it proves to you that no human being other than Messiah has immortality. First Timothy chapter six. First Timothy chapter six, verse fifteen. Which in his times he shall show who is the blessed and only pontificate, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Notice, he's going to be the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So it's going to be more than one king of the entire earth and more than one Lord. Of the entire earth. Verse 16. Only has immortality. Who only has immortality? Again, who only has immortality? Dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, who no man has seen, no can see, to whom be honor and power and everlasting. Yeshua. plainly reveal what should be about the good news. Let's turn to Luke chapter Luke chapter four verse sixteen. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as his custom was or his habit was, he went into synagogue on Shabbat and stood up to read. So a lot of what the Sabbath day is about is to get instruction from the Bible, ladies and gentlemen. Verse 17. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found a place where it was written, verse 18, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is Isaiah 61, verse 1. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to who? The poor. Not just people who are economically poor, socioeconomically poor, but also people 
who have a poor spirit, a humble spirit. Also, it can mean distressed. People who are distressed, you can be distressed and be rich. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind. This is not just talking about physical blindness, also spiritual. To set at liberty, freedom, them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Messiah or the Lord. And so, this is very important to understand in light of this. And this certainly is alluding to Jubilee. That's another Bible study in itself, the Jubilee. In Luke chapter 25, and it appears that the Messiah will come back on Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, and land his feet on the Mount of Olives and take rulership of this earth. But the gospel is about those eight that I mentioned to you again, brethren. It's, it's about the Father, God the Father. Then it's about God the Son, the Messiah. It's about the Jews. It's about those who are not Jews, everyone else. It's about a literal government or kingdom, a physical government and kingdom that will be set upon this earth to bring peace. It's about grace. It's about peace, and it is about salvation, the salvation of humanity's souls, the majority of them. Unfortunately, there's going to be some souls that are going to choose damnation. And we'll be thrown in the lake of fire. And so, the reign and royal power of Yah, kingdom. When you look it up, in Strong's Concordance, is uh, Strong's number 932. It means rule, reign and royal power is ruled by Yah. That is certainly uh, symbolic of the throne of David is royalty. That's the reason why the British people are royal. They have a royal Queen Elizabeth that's sitting on that throne whose descendant is King David from the line of David. Everything is done Yah's way, and anyone that will not submit to the reign of Yah will be destroyed by the lake of fire. I just mentioned that, uh, Malachi 4, verse 1 and 3. So, it is important, very important, to understand the way of life that is required for us to enter the kingdom of Yah. One of the major reasons why Yah sent Yeshua Messiah to this earth is to show us how to live so that we can live forever. He is the way, that word way in the Greek, Strong's number 3598, 3598 means manner of conduct, deciding, thinking, or feeling. The truth and the life, John 14, verse 6. Eternal life is knowing, as I mentioned, God the Father and Yeshua Messiah. Ultimately, the Jewish gospel message shows us how to enter the kingdom of Yah. It is also about the prophetic judgments of Yah. 
The judgments of Yah are designed to compel stubborn people, which is the majority of mankind, to change and obey the Torah, which is summed up as loving your neighbors yourself. Isaiah chapter 26, verse 9 states that when his judgments are in the earth, Isaiah 26, verse 9, when his judgments are on the earth, the inhabitants of the world will learn righteousness or commandment keeping. Because that's what righteousness is all about. Psalm 119, verse 172. The gospel is also about the removal of the devil. It includes, you know, I told you those eight things, but also the gospel certainly involves because removing the devil will certainly contribute mightily toward world peace. Toward having world peace. Because right now the devil rules this world, ladies and gentlemen. Luke chapter 4, verse 5 to 6. And the devil, taking him up into a high mountain, showed unto him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee, and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me, and to whoever I will, I give it. Okay, so the devil ruling this world right now, and in Revelation 11, verse 11 to 15, that rule will end with the announcement the kingdoms of this world has become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Messiah. That has not happened yet. The Messiah even stated that the kingdom of this world is not his kingdom yet. And then you, know, you, you get these ridiculous teachings that we have to take the kingdom now. No, it's not for us to take the kingdom right now, folks. No, that's not our place. John 18, verse 36, Yeshua answered, My kingdom is not of this world. Are we going to believe the Messiah? Or should we become a Messiah ourselves and say, Well, that's not what he's saying. This is what he's saying. You know, I get this from many people who claim to be Bible teachers, and they're not Bible teachers at all. They're deceivers. And I don't know if they're deceiving purposely or they're just being deceived. Because they don't understand the Bible, because they don't love the truth. That's why they, they can't understand the Bible properly enough to teach it. John 18, verse 36, Yeshua answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight? I was recently around someone is teaching that, oh, we need it. We're in a spiritual battle right now. We got to fight. Yeah, that's true. We got to take over the city. But where does it say in the Bible that we take over cities, ladies and gentlemen? Yes, we will take over cities and governments when the Messiah comes back, but not before, that I should not be delivered to the Jews, but now is my kingdom not from hence. And so there will be time. There's a time for everything, as the book of Ecclesiastes reveals. But right now is not the time for believers to take over cities economically, ladies and gentlemen. It's not the time for that. The time that we should have right now is to preach the gospel to as many people. Stop listening to people who, quite frankly, don't know what they're talking about. And listen to what the Messiah says. Matthew 28, verse 18 and Messiah came and spoke unto them, saying, All power, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Verse 19, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, 
immersing them in the name of the Father. Immersing means baptize. And of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. That is our commission. Our commission is not to take over cities. That's not our commission. That is not for us. In verse in chapter Matthew chapter 10, verse 23 plainly reveals, but when they persecute you in this city, flee into another. For verily I say unto you, you shall not have gone over the cities of Israel till the Son of Man come. He's talking about his second coming. We're not going to be able to reach into all the cities and preach. So how in the world are we going to be able to take over cities? That doesn't make any sense. If you hear that false doctrine, don't continue to listen to that mess. Because that's what it is, to take your focus off the real message of the gospel. Daniel, chapter 7, tells us plainly that this kingdom will consist of the Messiah and his saints. Daniel 7, verse 18, But the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever and even forever. All right? And so the Bible definition of this in verse 22, Until the Ancient of Days came, that's the Messiah, and judgment was given to the saints of the Most High. We don't have judgment yet. And the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom. The saints will not possess the kingdom and rule over cities and governments of the world and take them over until the Messiah comes. That is the truth and nothing but the truth. So help me, God. The good news, the practical application of this program, the good news is about the kingdom of Yah. This kingdom will bring peace upon the earth. And you cannot enter it unless you become a spirit being and have a spiritual body. And this kingdom will not come into the possession of the saints until the Messiah comes back. That is what the gospel of the kingdom is all about, ladies and gentlemen. And it consists the Messiah. These are all the main subjects of the gospel. God, the Messiah, the Jews, all those who are not Jews, the Gentiles and nations, a government or kingdom, grace, peace, and salvation. I truly hope that you understand what the gospel is. Shalom. Peace. Malachi chapter 4 For behold, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven, and all the proud, yea, and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. And the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. And ye shall tread down the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet in the day that I shall do this, saith the Lord of hosts. Remember ye the law of Moses my servant, which I commanded unto him in Horeb for all Israel, with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. 
and he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse.